Year after year, August is a month that makes an impact on the trucking industry, national supply chains, and the shipping dollars of companies far and wide. This fact will hold true this year. August can be a challenging time for underprepared shippers. However, with the right information and preparation, you will have no trouble getting the most from your supply chain this month. So, what makes August a unique time for the transportation marketplace? And, more importantly, what are transportation experts expecting to see this year in particular? I'm your host, Eli Simonson, and in this episode of Beyond the Road, we'll outline everything you need to know in order to successfully move your freight this August. Stick around. to another episode of Beyond the Road, the transportation industry podcast where we talk all things transportation and logistics. Joining me to talk about the trucking industry in August, like he did for July, is Josh Rivers. Josh is a sales team manager with ATS Logistics, and I invite you to check out that uh, discussion on July because I think a lot of that will hold true here as well. Uh, Josh, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. It's uh, These are fun. I enjoy doing these, and I'm looking forward to to keeping the trend going. Yeah, here. you are the first ever repeat guest. It is a young podcast, but you are oh. the first ever uh, repeat guest because you did such a nice job last last yeah. month. So. I would, uh, I'd like to be the longest tenure oh, repeat guest. Longest. This is, I love these, man. This is fun. It's, it's just talking and getting information out there. And more than ever, knowledge is power when it comes to logistics and transportation. So... Any way I can help, I am down. That's that's the whole reason I, I do customer service and sales is it's it's helping. So yeah, definitely. So today we're talking about uh, the trucking industry in August. Those common trends we see, what we're seeing this year, what shippers should expect, um, how you know things change across open deck, drive-in, reefer, yeah. overdimensional uh, freight movement. So let's just kind of jump in. What do you think of when you think of August in the tr- in the trucking industry? Well, uh, so from my experience as a sales rep, and uh, I, I mentioned this on the previous one, I, I dealt a lot in um, in open deck freight, yeah. so I can speak pretty well to that. And from my experiences, is uh, if you could take the month of July and copy and paste it with the word August above it, but remove the Fourth of yeah. July, that's that's August for you. Um, it's it's more or less the same for open deck. The same commodities are hot. The same industries are hot. Construction, manufacturing, everything's moving, grooving, and building and booming. So that, for the most part, remains true throughout the month of August. It's still really nice weather. You might get a little bit of um, people taking vacations. You know, it's we're, yeah. we're, we're approaching the tail end of summer, right? We're coming up to September, which is going to lead us into the fall. So the folks who are trying to take some time off might push forward in August. Um but it's 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 a really it's a nice month because it's a busy month and there's really no interference from outside factors like holidays or an end of a quarter it's it's a very vanilla show up do your job we can get things moving kind of month this one's got 23 working days okay. which is is going to be massive for both dry vans and flatbeds um because there's more time to get the product out people have more time to to move their commodities, it's it benefits everybody, drivers, consumers, everybody. There's just more time to move things, which is true of all really all the summer months. Right, right? exactly. It's you've got it's it's 
July gets a little bit hectic because of the holiday, you know, and, and with June being an end of a quarter, those are those are pretty crazy as well. But August, September, they're they're just nice. Let's just show up and do our jobs. Right. And that's kind of a transitional period too, right? Where we, we have everything moving in August, everything yep. moving in, in September, and then we start transitioning over to more maybe uh enclosed trailers moving for retail yeah, season. Yeah, the, the, the open deck guys definitely you're it's gonna be harder to find work in the fall and the winter time. Well, it's harder to find work in certain areas. Sure. So and and it's areas that guys don't want to go to anyways. Nobody wants to no flatbed driver wants to untarp a load when it's negative twenty five in Minnesota. <laughs> so no. and they're gonna they're gonna keep their, their business. If you're moving open deck, most guys will want to stay down south. Uh, but that's for a podcast three months from now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. um Sticking with the with the current trend of, of August, it's like I said, it's it's gonna be more of the same. It's gonna be easy to work with. Well, nothing's easy, but it's it's gonna be predictable, is what we should say. Um, there is a level of normalcy. I'm gonna cautiously say this. There's a level of normalcy returning to the markets as we're watching them. Customers are more open to asking about RFQs now. One of our larger clients in, uh, is a building products manufacturer in AZEC Building Materials. Um, they're sending out an RFQ. They want to get back on contracted rates because they've seen the data over the past X amount of months that says rates are stable. They're sure. no longer, I mean, God, man, for the last 18 months, it was just an upward trend. There was mm-hmm. no relief in sight. And now that we've had this kind of history of rates being somewhat stable, they want to try and get those contract rates in. So instead of asking for spot quotes every single week, it's just, it's a, it's a tender. Here you sure. go. Take it, run it. And then that's what we started with with them. That's how we got the business that we started with with them was contracted freight. And, you know, the occasional spot load pops up, of course, but customers like contracted freight because it's easy. Right. It's very simple. Your larger shippers love contracted freight because it is easier. Um, the smaller guys want spot markets because they want to be able to to float with the market and save money where they can. Um, but yeah, so that's flatbed side in a in a nutshell. In August, I uh, I spoke to um, a subject matter expert for Vans because I I didn't know what exactly would change for Vans. I I knew produce season tends to taper off in July, but I don't know if that bleeds into August. Sure. Uh, so I spoke to uh, one of our operations managers who runs a a nice a very successful team of, uh, of Vans operation reps in Amanda Garner. Right. And super helpful, a lot of really good information, and uh, she brought up a couple of things that I'd like to bring up here. So produce season is going to pretty much wrap up in July. You shouldn't see any bleed over from it into August. I, I wasn't certain on that. She confirmed it. That's – we are wrapping things up in produce. I mean, it might already be done. I mean, this is – we're recording this on the 28th, so – it might as well be August already. Right. Sorry for the late podcast, everybody. I got COVID. So, <laughs> so um, uh, what that means is the Southeast is going to loosen up. Uh, and what that means is getting drivers into the Southeast is now going to be more difficult. But that's not, that's not uncommon. Uh, outside of produce season, the Southeast is typically a difficult place to get people to go, particularly Florida, below Jacksonville. If you go mm-hmm. below Jacksonville, if you go to Tampa, if you go to Miami, Miami in particular – um, it's very difficult to get people to take freight there because it's not likely you're going to get good freight coming out. Right. Um, there was a point in time where drivers would take freight into Miami, and if they could find a load that would pay for gas, they'd take it just because that was how hard it was to get freight out of southern Florida. So what that means for your rates going into southern Florida, into the southeast and general parts of Georgia and maybe some of the Carolinas, is um, you're, you're going to pay really well to go in there. 
because they need to make their money on the front end because there's a real possibility they may deadhead three, 400 miles or more to get a decent paying load or to just go home because some guys may not even want to, if it's only going to pay for gas, why don't I just make that money on the front end? And then when I drop this, I'll just drive 500 miles home. Right. Instead of, you know, wasting time to get a load, take two hours to get loaded, take two hours to get unloaded. It's three hours away from my house. And now I got to drive those three hours. I'd rather just pay for the gas and go home. Right. So uh, that's what happens in the Southeast. The market's essentially going to completely flip-flop, right? So right now, it is really easy to get drive-in trailers out of the Midwest. So Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, Iowa. And it's cheap to get drivers out of there because there's not a lot here. Uh, you can expect that to flip in August because of harvest season. You know, sugar beets, sweet corn, all that fun stuff. Um, and that freight pays well. Kind of as, as a proof to that statement, I had a... Uh, a good friend of mine who enlisted in the Air Force at the same time I enlisted in the Navy. And he wound up stationed in North Dakota a few years back. And um, what he would do is during beet harvest is he would take two weeks of leave. And because he had a quarter-ton pickup and it was essentially farm work, he didn't need a CDL to, right, to do it. Yeah. He would make outstanding money for two weeks, you know, driving beets during the harvest from 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. Hard work, don't get me wrong, but he made a killing doing it. The CDL guys are going to make even more than he was. So it's going to tighten up getting people out of the Midwest. It's going to be great getting them into the Midwest. So if you got freight heading into Minnesota, the Dakotas, um, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, super easy to get drivers to go there because that's where all the good money is going to be for the month of August. Yeah. Any of those hotbeds. Right. Harvest. Exactly. So it's it's just following markets. Like I said, this is this is the level of normalcy that we used to have. And while it's not quite there, and I fully expect a wrench to be thrown into this and to, to cause us to be com- completely irrelevant in two or three weeks' time, <laughs> it's it's what we're seeing right now, and it's what we saw last month. That's that's more or less the gist of it. It's it's nice because it's a little bit, like I said, predictable. Right. We can track this. We can put tangible numbers to it. Um, you will see more commercial product go. Uh, it's not going to be the huge ramp up for like Christmas, Thanksgiving and stuff like that. But you will see more commercial products because people are going to get ready for that. People do do their Christmas shopping late summer, early fall. So you will see a little bit more commercial product fly off the shelves, which is going to cause it to need to be replaced. Um, and that's that's really going to be the high points of August. Right. I wish I had more info for you, but it's, no, it's yeah. nice to not have it for once. It's nice to be able to sit down and yeah. Jeez, it's going to be a little bit more tame, hopefully, and yeah. we can get the reins back on this. We thing. don't mind tame. Yeah, as transportation companies, we, we face a lot of issues. Right. So, so August will be good. I just want to kind of go go back to that, what you were saying about the southeast and yeah. um, uh, how produce season is wrapping up now. And as a company that ships into the southeast, you say maybe in months prior, my rates have been a little bit more relaxed. Right. Is what you would say, correct? Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're a shipper who was in, I don't know, like, like I said, anywhere in the Midwest and you were pumping freight down into Florida, Georgia, yeah. Mississippi, that area, it was it was easy. Yeah. Maybe not easy. That's the wrong way to say it. But it, w- it was cheaper than it was. And that's going to flip. Yep. So if you're new to the game and you, you know, you're a shipping decision maker and you're moving some freight and you're wondering why your rates are jumping going into the southeast when you were just paying next to nothing to get them there, well, that's why. Yeah. The, the the hot commodity that was getting drivers down there is no longer available to ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why your rates are going to go up. And they go up pretty high. I mean, it, it's it's not just rates. It's a capacity thing. Some guys just won't do it. 
Sure. Like, no, I do not want to go to Miami or Florida in general during late summer, fall, and winter. I just don't want to do it. In the wintertime, it's a little bit easier, especially if you got guys from up north because it's warm. Right. Right? So, you know, yep. yeah, maybe they'll take a, a load down to, to Florida and then tell their dispatcher, don't schedule me for two days because I want to sit in the sun and walk the beach a little bit. But for the most part, you know, guys think about money. And if it's not there, they just don't want to go. Or if it's going to be a hassle. Um, this is kind of getting off of the, the monthly update and more of just a general update. But, you know, it's it's those things play a factor year-round, month over month. Some guys don't like going to California, period. They won't do it. You can't pay them enough. doesn't matter how good the freight coming out of there is paying either because we've got pretty good money coming out of California and for some lanes, for some equipment types. Yeah. Um, but guys just won't do it. They don't like California and whether, whether it be political and I'm not going to dive into all that, but you know, some guys have, are, are stubborn and set in their ways and they won't go because of any kind of motivation. Some guys just don't like dealing with traffic and having spent two years in California. Yeah. Yeah. There's traffic. So (laughs) some guys just don't want to deal with it. Same reason guys don't want to go to the, the Island in New York. Some guys don't refuse to go to New York city. Right. Think about New York City. Now think about driving a 53-foot trailer through it. Right. Yeah, no, that would be terrible. And right. when we're thinking about um, how these areas going into these areas, like you said, those those overpopulated congested yeah. areas, the island of New York, uh, obviously many, many portions of California. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, those tourism-based economies yeah. like Florida and a lot of um, – parts of the southeast what are my options as a shipper especially in august what are my options you know am i is it just the cost of the service is the cost of the service and then uh, to a degree yeah i don't have a whole lot of cost control right um obviously there's there's always things you can do that are gonna positively impact your bottom line and your and your capacity Mm -hmm. uh the number one thing you can do if you're going into a bad area an area that you know is not good for Imagine yourself being a truck driver. Would I want to go to this area? Mm-hmm. As a truck driver, would you want to go to Fort Collins, Colorado? Probably not. Sure. There's nothing there to get you out. And it's a long drive to something that will. Uh, or Miami, like we were talking about in the southeast. As a truck driver, do you want to go to Miami? No. So you've got a shipment that needs to go to Miami. How do I make this as appealing as possible? As much information as you can possibly give that we can sell to a driver, they get more confident in that shipment. That's from an asset side. That's from a brokerage side. That's that's from transportation as a whole. If a driver calls and is like, hey, I saw you guys have a load going to Miami, or if we call a driver, because that's what typically happens on the lanes to less than desirable locations is we have to we have to hunt for the drivers sure, that'll take sell it. it. Yeah. Exactly. So if we can call them and we can say, hey, it's a you know flatbed trailer load it's going to be 32,000 pounds. It's steel rebar. It's in eight-foot-long bundles. The bundles each weigh about 3,000 pounds. They're eight feet long. They're about four feet wide. Going to be about three feet tall. There's there's 10 of them or there's, you know, um, six of them. Any, all that detail, that driver is going to be real confident because we've got numbers. We've got information. He knows what he's picking up. Yeah. And if we just call them and say, yeah, it's a flatbed load, rebar, maybe 38,000 pounds. Right. Okay, do you know how many bundles? Uh, I don't know. Well, is it banded? I'm not sure, but it should be in bundles when you get there. Right. Okay, well, this doesn't sound super confident to me. <laughs> so he's going to find something else that is confident or that he is confident in, and he's going to take that one. So information is going to be one of the biggest uh, things you can do to help yourself and lead time. I think oh, info yeah. and lead time probably walk hand in hand. Um, if it's going to a bad spot, uh, truck drivers live all over the country. 
There's truck drivers that live in the middle of nowhere in Montana. There's truck drivers that live in New York City. There's truck drivers that live in San Diego. Uh, El Paso, Texas in the middle of nowhere in Miami. It, you'll find truck drivers everywhere. Right. Um, if you give yourself time, you're more likely to find a driver who can take that load because it gets them close to home and it won't cost as much. If you have a dry van load or a flatbed load and you're like, yeah, it's going from Chicago to Miami. I need it gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to cost a pretty penny. If you can say, hey, I got a dry van load from Chicago to Miami – Anytime next week works for me. Okay. Well, now I have a little bit broader of a time frame to, to work with. Realistically, the only days that wouldn't work, I think that's going to be a what? Probably 1,500-mile run, 1,000-mile run, somewhere around there. So two to three days of transit time. So really the only day that doesn't work for me is Thursday. Mm-hmm. I can get a guy to take it Friday to run it over the weekend, get a guy to take it Monday, Tuesday. Uh, maybe Wednesday doesn't work. Like I said, I can't remember the exact mileage on it. But you've got you've got more time to play yeah. with. Yeah. And that's going to benefit you because instead of looking for drivers for one day and one day only that, you know, it has to go, we can now find a guy who who maybe he is interested in it, but he can't get to it till Wednesday or he can't get to it till Thursday. And we can find that guy, get him on it, and we we can reduce our rates a little bit that way. Yeah. I am, if a customer is willing to give me a fair amount of lead time or or an open window, I will work with them on rates because it's we're, we're going to have better luck that way. Right. So, um, and I should probably emphasize that windows and lead times aren't exactly the same thing. Lead time is the amount of time that you give me to get to a shipment, and which is also really good. Um, lead time would be like, I got a shipment, but it doesn't have to go for the next 10 days. Sure. I need it to go in 10 days. In 10 days' time, we have to pick this up. Okay, that's good. I have time to catch drivers before they book something else on that day, yeah. um, which is super important. Windows are also important. You know, hey, it has to go. Your window starts in, in like a perfect shipment would be like your window opens in like a week. So next week, Thursday, you'll have five days to get this shipment. Okay, yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. I can I can do that. Um, those are probably the biggest things that are going to help you. Right. Going into poor, I won't say poor, but going into less than desirable areas. Right. And to what extent does working with like a well-established brokerage help a shipper in those situations, because I'm just thinking about like if you if you're thinking about the business of freight brokerage, you have your network of carriers, yep. then you have your network of customers. Yes, uh, and that main concern for the driver going into those areas is like, oh, I'm going to be screwed when I get there, right? I'm going to have no freight to to take coming out. Would working with a uh, a well-established broker is there ever a situation where that broker is able to find that driver his next load after he gets there and yes r- relax the rate that way yes so some of the some of the positives to working with a larger freight brokerage don't get me wrong the the mom and pop guys the guys working out of their house they do a great job with the customers that they have because they have really good relations with a select handful of carriers yeah um, but there's certain things that we can bring to the table as as a larger broker, especially being family owned and keeping that mentality of family owned inside our business. Uh, one of the biggest things that we can bring to them is like you mentioned, like we can find them a load out of there. Right. Some guys will say, I really don't want to go to Miami. There's no freight down there. Well, hey, you're delivering on, I don't know, the 15th. On the 16th, I got a load coming out of there, going to Texas, whatever, going to a really good spot. Right. I can get you out of there. Don't worry about it. Yeah. That's a huge selling point. Um, working with a larger broker, um, we, we have the benefit of we pay our drivers really fast and we, we pay them on time. And we, we don't, we don't pardon the, the term, screw drivers over. Yeah. Uh, so 
if a driver hauls for ATS, we have a reputation of in three to five days, you're getting paid. It's not going to sit for 30 days. It's not going to sit in limbo. You're not going to have to call a bunch of people. You're going to get your money. And right. that is money is king, especially right now. I mean, with, you know, the, the talks of recession and whatnot, people want every penny. And drivers know they're going to get that. Um, that's the benefit that working with a larger brokerage can bring, a more established broker. Um, there's a bunch of them out there. You know, everybody knows who the big names are in this industry. We, we don't need to, to beat that to death. But the things that we bring that others don't is our ability to pay people, the relationships that we have with our carriers, and our willingness to help them out, right? Yeah. So nobody wants to – we don't – drivers aren't expendable. Carriers aren't expendable. Not to us anyways. And that mentality, that mindset allows us to keep carriers in-house, in-network, keep them on ATS freight because we are pleasant to work with for them. So – as much as we want to be pleasant to work with for customers, and at the end, with me being on the sales side, that's my goal, obviously. My job is to make sure that the customer has as good of an experience with this company as they possibly could be had. Uh, our operations team has that same mentality, but not for customers, for carriers. Oh, sure, yep. So that kind of relationship building from both sides of the house is what makes us so desirable to work with from a carrier standpoint. A lot of brokers are like, customer comes first. The customer has to be taken care of. And at the end of the day, they do. They're absolutely correct. But the guy making it happen behind the wheel, the guy or gal making it happen behind the wheel has to be just as happy and just as taken care of or they're not going to run with you again. Yeah. And word spreads fast. You go to – you do any kind of research or talk to drivers, read reviews, you know, go, join these, these little transportation Facebook groups and see what other carriers, real live owner-operators say about other brokers – and you'll know who are the good ones to work with. And there's a million stories about, and I'm not open to, to, to bash anybody. You can find this information if you want it. It's out there. But there are brokers that have a bad reputation of they won't pay attention. Or, you know, hey, we agreed to this layover. Well, they never sent me the Raycon, and now they're denying it completely yeah. and because it wasn't in writing. Um, people that do a lot of, we can call spade a spade, really shady things to carriers. And that's going to affect their network, and it's going to affect their customer in the long run. Um, that's the benefits that working with an established large broker can bring. Uh, like I said, the mom and pop guys, they do a just fine job, and a lot of them have really good relationships with their carriers, and they have a lot of really good relationships with their customers. The downside to them is they don't have the capacity. They don't have the network that somebody like us has. And they don't. we're asset-backed. So there's 3,000 company trucks that are going to look at your load before we even talk to a broker. Mm-hmm. Or not talk to a broker, but talk to a partner carrier. So, um, and it kind of depends on where it's coming out of. But, I mean, when I was working with ASEC, I, I, I mean, there were months where I was hauling 100 plus, 90 plus loads for ASEC. And anywhere from 35 to 50, over 50% of that was being hauled by company trucks. So that's another huge option and benefit that we bring to the table as, yeah. as a company in ATS. As that relates to August, obviously, when you're going to those tight areas, that's something to think about Yeah, uh, when we're, when choosing which transportation provider to use, Absolutely. obviously. So. I go off on tangents, so pull me back on course. No, no problem at all. Into... It's all valuable. <laughs> Definitely all valuable information. Um, so, yeah, anything else about August you think that they should know? Anything unique about 2022's August? We talk about those, those spot rates are kind of starting to level out a little bit, maybe yeah. matching contract rates it's it's not necessarily it, it's not unique in the sense that like oh this hasn't happened before well we, we haven't seen this before it's unique in the sense that it's you know for the past 
two years, we haven't been in a position to run contracted freight. And we're getting back to that point. Now, August is a time frame where customers typically like to do RFQs. Mm-hmm. So this walking into the last quarter of the of the fiscal year, that's when they typically like to do RFQs or, or midsummer. So really this is from now until October is when you're going to see a lot of RFQs if customers decide to go for them. If you're a customer and you're listening to this, I, I mean, give it a shot. I don't see any reason why if, if you, if contract freight benefits you, if it makes sense in your transportation plan, give it a shot. Um, don't go with the cheapest option always. It's it's going to hurt you more than it helps you. Don't go with the most expensive option because you're probably getting taken to the cleaners. Um, yeah. Build your network based off of service is what I would say. Um, what what can you afford from a dollar standpoint and what can you afford from a service failure standpoint and find that middle ground. Okay. And that's what we try to do. That's what we try to be. We're not going to be the best fit for everybody. We may be too expensive for some people. That is fine. I will never tell a customer that they have to meet my price point or else. Yeah. Um, if it's not a good fit, it's not a good fit. That's the month of August in a nutshell. That Look out nice. for more RFQs. Be appreciative and <laughs> soak up the level of normalcy that we're starting to see. And yeah, September should be a little bit more interesting because it's an end of quarter. But um, yeah, that's another conversation for another day. Cool. And watch out for Labor Day in September, right? In the first, first yep, week. There. Yep. Labor Day. Um and a quarter. There's a. There'll be a bunch of fun stuff. Hopefully, you tap me to talk about it yeah, again. I'd love yeah, to, we'll have you back on again. Love to discuss it. Thanks for coming on, Josh. We will talk to you again soon, probably in September. Sounds good. Look forward to it. Thanks. You have been listening to Beyond the Road, the transportation industry podcast produced by Anderson Trucking Service. If you liked what you heard here today, make sure to follow along wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss our next episode, which we publish every single Tuesday. For more transportation industry information on the month of August, I invite you to check out the article in our show notes below, which outlines everything you need to know about August this year. For more transportation industry-related content and information, head over to the ATS Inc. Learning Hub at atsinc.com slash learning hyphen hub, also linked in the show notes below. On the Learning Hub, you'll find a comprehensive library of answers to transportation's most common questions in the form of videos, articles, case studies, downloadable tools, podcasts just like this one, and more. Finally, thanks for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed yourself, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon on another episode of Beyond the Road, the Transportation Industry Podcast. (laughs) 